the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. I may not be able to discern a person's thoughts or a person's intentions. You may not be able to discern their thoughts or intentions, but the Word of God can. If I'm in a conversation with somebody, I can start sharing Scripture with them, and the Word of God will deal with their heart. The Word of God will deal with their intentions. The Word of God will deal with their thoughts. That's our weapon. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. In our faith, many of us are apprehensive to share God's good news with others. Whether it's a lack of biblical knowledge, a penchant to fit in, or simply laziness, we find excuses to not follow through on God's calling. Today, Pastor Dan explains that if you want to impact others for God's kingdom, you need to hide His Word in your heart and share it with others. No matter how unequipped or out of place you may feel, God's Word will always give you the right things to say in the right moments. Further, His kingdom. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Matthew chapter 4 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. in 1 Corinthians 10, he's saying, don't be like Israel in the wilderness. Don't follow their example. But Jesus, in contrast to Israel in the wilderness, Jesus passed the test. He passed the test in the wilderness. In a sense, Jesus was a substitute for Israel, succeeding where they failed, just as Jesus is a substitute for us, succeeding where we fail, and we do fail. Jesus gets right what we get wrong. He's he's the, the, the perfect sinless substitute, making him the perfect sinless sacrifice for us. Look at verse 2 again. It says, When he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now, there's no doubt in Satan's mind that Jesus is the Son of God. So, if here, when he says, if you are the Son of God, if has the meaning of since. Since you are the Son of God, command that these stones become bread. And if you're taking notes, the word bread here is actually the Hebrew word for donuts. It's Crispo Cremo in the Hebrew, believe it or not. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Give me your attention. This test for Jesus, this test for Jesus was the temptation to use his divine power to satisfy his flesh. 
It's the temptation to use his divine power to satisfy his flesh. Jesus was starving to death. Literally, he's at the point of death. And Satan says, censure the son of God, turn some stones into bread. Just use your divine power to alleviate your suffering, to alleviate your hunger. Use your deity. Take your deity out. You don't have to suffer like this. Jesus, you have the power to fix this. With a, with a snap of the fingers. You can fix this. And why does this temptation matter? Why can't Jesus just use his deity here and make some bread? It doesn't seem like that bad of a thing. I mean, he, he's, he, he has this need after all. He's hungry. Why can't he just turn on his deity here and turn some stones into bread so he has something to eat? The reason is, listen, the reason is because Jesus is our example of a life lived in the power of the spirit. And and he's demonstrating to us that you can live a life in the power of the spirit. You can live a spirit filled life that overcomes temptation by the power of the Holy Spirit. If he uses his divine power here to turn the stones into bread, then that means the Holy Spirit is not enough for a victorious life. That means the Holy Spirit can only get you so far in the Christian life. But it's not going to see you through. That it's not enough power. And if he does use his divine power here. Well, well, then we could say, well, Jesus himself couldn't even live the spirit filled life. He couldn't even do it. And if he can't do it, we sure can't do it. Why even try? And so this, this is an important temptation here because he's he is walking in the spirit. He's trusting the spirit. And now there's the temptation just to turn the deity on. And use the deity to alleviate his suffering. Right. And when you and I are walking in the spirit. There's that temptation Walk in the flesh. Trust in ourselves. Trust in our own power, our own ability to take matters into our own hands. Now look at uh, his reply in verse four. But Jesus answered and said, it is written, man. Notice he's answering as a man here, not as not as the the, uh, son of God, but as a man Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. How did Jesus reply to this temptation? With the word of God. With the word of God. He quoted scripture. And Jesus will answer every temptation in this passage with, it is written. He quotes scripture. He used scripture. And I want you to, to get this. Jesus used scripture to overcome temptation. And this shows us of our need, your need, my need to diligently daily read our Bibles. We need to hide God's word in our heart. We need to know this book. We need to know this book and know it well. And we need to quote it. Not just have some vague ideas of some Bible stories. We need to quote it. We need to be able to, to, to respond to times of testing with it is written. We need to quote it. 
We need to quote the Bible when we're sharing Jesus Christ with other people. When we're talking to people about the Christian faith, quote the Bible to them. Tell them what the Bible says. Don't tell them your thoughts or your opinions. Even if your thoughts and opinions are correct, quote the word of God to them. There's power in the word of God. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it's, it says, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Therefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and have done all to stand. There we're told to take unto us the, the whole armor of God. And then Ephesians 6 goes on to describe the armor of God. You know the passage, you know, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. The, all of the armor that's described in Ephesians 6, it's all protective. It's all defensive. It's all body armor. There's one weapon that is mentioned, the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The sword of the spirit. The word of God is the one weapon that God provides for us to fight with, to stand with. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is a living, it's alive, it's powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. It even discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart. I may not be able to discern a person's thoughts or a person's intentions. You may not be able to discern their thoughts or intentions, but the word of God can. And if I'm in a conversation with somebody, I can start sharing scripture with them. And the word of God will deal with their heart. And the word of God will deal with their intentions. The word of God will deal with their thoughts. That's our weapon. The sword of the spirit, the word of God. Sharper than a two-edged sword. We need to know how to use the sword of the spirit. We need to know the word of God and we need to use it. Use it against temptation. Jesus quotes the scripture. He's God. But he's going through this temptation in his humanity. And in his humanity, he's filled with the spirit. And he's using the word of God. And he quotes here from Deuteronomy. In fact, each of the verses he quotes in this passage are all from Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy seems to be Jesus's favorite book of the Bible. Verse four is quoted from Deuteronomy chapter eight from when the children of Israel were in the wilderness. Remember, Jesus here is a substitute for the children of Israel. His time in the wilderness where he's tempted is a parallel to the children of Israel in the wilderness when they were tempted. So he quotes from Deuteronomy chapter eight when Israel was in the wilderness. Now, let's turn back and look at it. In the context, Deuteronomy chapter eight, and watch what he says here. Think about what's happening with Jesus, with this temptation in the wilderness, this testing, this time of testing, this time of proving. And here in Deuteronomy chapter eight, verse two, the Lord says, 
And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to, here's why, to humble you and to test you. Their time in the wilderness was a time of testing. Just as Jesus's time in the wilderness was a time of testing. They were in the wilderness 40 years for a time of testing. Jesus is in the wilderness 40 days for a time of testing. And here's the test. Look at the end of verse two. Here's the test to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. That's the test. What's in your heart? Will you keep God's commandments or not when the test comes? That's the test. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. So, verse 3, he humbled you. Look what it says. And he allowed you to hunger in the wilderness. And he fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know. That, here's why. Here's why he allowed you to hunger. That he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but, by, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. God brought Israel into the wilderness to test them, to know what was in their heart, to see if they would keep his commandments or not. That was the purpose of the test. Will you keep my commandments? Even in a difficult time, even in a painful time, even in an uncomfortable time. Will you still obey me? Will you still trust me? That's the test that we go through, isn't it? You go through a trial, you go through a difficult time, you go through a painful time, an uncomfortable time. And the test is, are you going to obey the Lord or not? Are you going to trust him? Are you going to keep his commandments? Are you going to act in the flesh? Start trusting in yourself. Notice in verse three, he allowed them to hunger in the wilderness, just as Jesus hungered in the wilderness, the children of Israel hungered in the wilderness. And and God did this because he was trying to teach them that they need to live on the word of God. They need to believe God's word and obey it, no matter what their circumstances may look like, no matter what they're going through. He allowed them to hunger in the wilderness so that they can learn to trust God's promises in his words. What did Israel do? What did Israel do when they hungered? Well, let's go back and look at Exodus chapter 16. You already know they failed. But let's look at their failure. Don't you like looking at someone's failure? Isn't that so encouraging for you? (laughs) Just kidding. (laughs) Exodus chapter 16. Look at how they responded to their time of testing. You and I go through tests. How do we respond? Look at how Israel responded. 
Exodus chapter 16, and they journeyed, this is verse 1, and they journeyed from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came to the wilderness, the desert of sin. You know you're in trouble if you're in a desert called sin, which is between Elam and Sinai on the 15th day of the second month after they departed from the land of Egypt. Then the whole congregation of the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. They're in the wilderness and they start complaining. They're in this time of testing and they respond by complaining about it. And the children of Israel said to them, Oh, that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and we ate bread to the full. Isn't it interesting how they forget the slavery and the harsh taskmasters when they were in Egypt? They just remember the pots of meat and the bread. Look what they say at the end of verse 3. For you have brought us out here into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. You just brought us out here to kill us. God, you just want to kill us out here. It's the only reason you delivered us out of our slavery. It's the only reason you saved us. So you could kill us. But do you ever have that kind of attitude in a test? We're going to die. We're not going to make it. They're going to foreclose on the house. They're going to repossess the car. They're going to take the kids' braces back. Right? We've all thought we were going to die. We've all been at tests where we thought this is going to be the end of us. We're never going to make it through. And we start complaining. And we start blaming God. And why did you bring me into this? Why did you do this? Why did you bring me here? Why am I going through this? Lord, I was happier back in Egypt. You brought me out into this desert just to kill me and kill my family. We doubt God. We doubt God's love for us. We doubt God's care for us. And God has brought them into the wilderness to teach them to trust him. He's allowed them to hunger, to teach them to trust him. That he will be faithful. Now turn with me over to Psalm 78. Psalm 78. Psalm 78 talks about the children of Israel in their time of, in the wilderness. Verse 12. Psalm 78, verse 12. Marvelous things he did in the sight of their fathers in the land of Egypt, in the field of Zoan. He divided the sea and caused them to pass through the Red Sea. And he made the water stand up like heaps. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud. Cloud by day. And, and all the night with a light of fire. The fire by night. He split the rocks in the wilderness and he gave them drink in abundance like the depths. He also brought streams out of the rock and caused waters to run down like rivers. But they sinned even more against him. By rebelling against the most high in the wilderness and they tested God in their hearts. In their hearts. By asking for the food of their fancy. Yes, they spoke against God. They said, can God prepare a table in the wilderness? They doubted God. 
Can God provide for us? That's how they're testing God in the wilderness. Can God even provide for us? Behold, look, he struck the rock so that waters gushed out and the streams overflowed. But can he give us bread also? They've seen God work these amazing miracles. But, but they're, they're, they're questioning God's faithfulness, his provision. Yeah, he, he brought water out of a rock, but can he provide bread? What? Can he provide meat for his people? Therefore, the Lord, Lord heard this and he was furious. So fire was kindled against Jacob and anger also came up against Israel. Look at verse 22. Because they did not believe in God and did not trust in his salvation. That's the test. Do they believe in God? Do they trust him? And that is always the test for us. Do I believe God? Do I trust him? Do I believe his promises to me? Do I believe his word to me? Am I going to submit to him and obey him and not act in my own flesh or in my own power, even when it's hard, even when it's uncomfortable, even when it's painful, even when it would be so easy for me to turn stones into bread and end this misery and get some relief from the gnawing in my stomach? Will I still trust him even then and not act in my own power? Will I continue to walk in the spirit? Or when it gets hard, will I start walking in the flesh? Jesus passed the test. When he hungered in the wilderness, he passed the test. He passed the test where Israel failed. And he passed the test where we often fail. Also. When he was hungry in the wilderness, even to the point of starving to death, he didn't give in. And use his own power as the son of God to get him out of that. He trusted the father. He continued to trust the father. In John chapter 4, Jesus said, my food. Listen, my food is to do the will of him who sent me. And to finish his work. That's my food. My food is to do his will. And to finish his work. Now, go back to Matthew chapter four. Matthew chapter four, verse five. Now we have the next temptation, the next test. Then the devil took him up on into the holy city, that's Jerusalem, and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the son of God or since you are the son of God, well, then throw yourself down. For it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hand they shall bear him up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now, the pinnacle of the temple was on a, uh, was on a roof of a building in the Temple Mount in the southeast corner of the temple called the Royal Stoa. And the pinnacle of the temple, Josephus tells us that it was from the pinnacle 450 feet down to the floor of the Kidron Valley. Uh, And Josephus actually says in his writings that if you looked over the edge 
of the pinnacle of the temple, you would get dizzy. I don't know if Joseph, Josephus maybe was afraid of heights or something, but he includes that detail for us. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring sure than the finest crystal. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Matthew, verse by verse and chapter by chapter. As you listen through this series, we encourage you to read on your own as well. There's so much to gain from spending time with God in His Word. You'd be amazed at what can be revealed to you in a personal way. Did you hear something today that struck a chord with you and you'd like to hear it again? No problem. All of the messages you hear on Ring of Truth can be found on our website. Go to calvaryec.com and search for these teachings under the Media tab. While you're there, you'll likely find and explore other series or teachings that sound interesting. Are you growing through this study in Matthew? We sure hope so. Another resource you might find useful is our podcast. You can subscribe to the Ring of Truth podcast as another way to stay connected to the teaching of Scripture. We'll notify you each time we upload a new episode. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast on our website, calvaryec.com. You can also search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. If you're interested in learning more about the church that supports this radio ministry, our website has all the information you need about Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Come join us this weekend for worship and Bible study. Once again, that's calvaryec.com. Thanks for listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that crack. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.